your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Voting Tuesday, Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You want to sound off, now's a good time to do it. You could do that for the top half of this hour. I will say, though, Jenny Dinkmeyer might call me, the Lacrosse County Clerk, and talk about where we're at, how elections are going. Uh, I've heard some things. What have you guys heard? Anything? I heard uh, registration, voter registrations up quite a bit. I did see some numbers in terms of they were comparable to the last midterm elections. And I was like, I don't know if I want to know the numbers compared to the last midterm elections, but percentages were sky high. I think the, I think Wisconsin watch had a bunch of, a bunch of percentages that, that just showed the difference between four years ago during the midterms to now. Um, I'm trying to pull those numbers up. Let's see here. They're right here in Wisconsin so far, statewide over 2018. So now versus 2018 youth vote up 360%. Not exactly sure what youth vote means. What does that mean? Like kids under 18? Cause youth is youth is kids. <laughs> What is it, like 20-year-old vote, 25 and under vote? I guess I could go deep dive and look. Uh, Latino votes up 172%. AAPI vote up 201%. Black vote up 123%. Women, woman vote, it says. Women vote, woman vote. Female vote up 137%. So percentages are up from four years ago. And I guess, you know, that makes sense a bit. We, we, saw, we saw the percentages skyrocket from two years ago as well. 608-785-7914. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see. Uh, we'll see if uh, Jenny Denkmeyer, she was doing an interview at UWL uh, just a couple minutes ago. So I said, hey, if you want to call in, call in. Feel free. Um, if you, if you uh, have any questions like I did, I went to vote. So I had some people here text me pictures of their voting areas and if you want to do that you can you can do that too 608-785-7914 um i'll I'll use them i might use them if you take a good picture of where you're voting you're like your voting station you're voting don't take a picture of your ballot completed i think that you can't do that but like you know you're outside the building you can get artsy you can get artsy with it or inside um but i had some a couple of people take pictures and and one of them there was a line i was like oh my god a line because i vote in houston and uh there's never a line. <laughs> in fact, sometimes I'm the only person in there besides the electric workers. And thanks to those people, right? Like those people, I think they're just there all day. I, I know I know some of the people that run the different polling places, are, they're like 18-hour days. And uh, my God, what a commitment. Uh, Tremplo, a rug from Tremplo texted in. He was number 648 in Tremplo, voter number 648. Um, somebody else sent me those numbers too. I think they were, let's see here, in the town of Onalaska at 4.45 p.m., they were voter 1,357. So that's pretty good. I forgot to ask what number I was in Houston County. I was probably like 18, 27. I don't know. I wish I, now I wish I would have looked. I forget about that stuff, uh, Those the, like where, what number voter you were. I also didn't get my I vote sticker. I never usually take it, but I, I like to be offered. I like to be offered the my vote sticker. That would be nice. Um, go to the phones here. Eric from Sparta's calling. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. 
Uh, when will they know when the referendum for the school passes? Do you have any idea on that? It'll be tonight yet? Uh, I mean, per- probably pretty late, I'm guessing. It'll but be, uh, It'll be tonight, though, wouldn't it? Not, they wouldn't, that wouldn't go longer, would it, than tonight? Uh, depending, I mean, likely tonight. I mean, what Your definition by tonight could be like midnight, you know, so that would be technically okay, tomorrow well, morning. Today. But... Today's day. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I I'm not I don't know. We'll see. The the we got to count the votes and we can't count them until the day the voting starts. So we 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 don't allow the loophole of counting the votes before that. Um I would guess we would know if the referendum passes. Uh I don't know if Sparta has a referendum. So <laughs> like well, it is funny like uh Eric from Sparta is worried about the lacrosse school referendum passing or not. Uh, maybe he wants to send some of his grandkids over to lacrosse. If they have a brand new high school, that's that's going to bring people in. I I get that the it's a it's it's a it's a big price tag, hundred ninety four point seven million dollars. It would bring it would bring students here. If you think if you think about like all right, I can go to what high school do I want to go to. I can go to Alaska. They need seventy five million dollars to update their buildings. <laughs> And they're having an operating budget referendum. We had the Alaska superintendent on here a couple weeks ago. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Uh, talking about there's always, since 2006, he said, there's an operating operations budget referendum on the ballot to keep the school running, which seems just a little ridiculous to me. Hey, taxpayers, uh, we got to pay the bills, and the state isn't helping enough with that. So Mayor Mitch Reynolds was on yesterday, if you want to listen to that. He was talking about the same thing, how... Um, the state is, has gone from like helping schools in a great percentage of, of the cost to, to like 20 some percent. It was, the numbers are pretty, pretty ridiculous municipalities too. Uh, we're just, we're just seeing the funding as the state sits on, think about how the state is sitting on right now, $6 billion in budget surplus. Like just like, as like who, who gets to sit on that pile of money? That would be a great photo. For anyone who wants to do that, just sit on the pile like Scrooge McDuck in the money bin, um, doing nothing with that since January. Six billion dollars. It was it was like three billion in January, so now it's ballooned to six billion. So in you know in what ten months, eleven months, uh, we've doubled. I mean, man, maybe we should all invest in whatever the state's investing in to, to balloon the budget by three billion dollars over ten months. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk of text line. Jenny Denkmeyer might call me and give me an update on the Cross County's elections. Uh, I will have updates from 9 to midnight on WISM twice an hour, just real quick. Otherwise, go to wismnews.com. We'll be throwing updates on there. Uh, man, so many things going on, too, like the, the all the school referendums, right? The the U.S. House race, all the U.S. House races, really. But uh, the, the path Van Orden race, people tell me that it's a shoe-in for Van Orden. And I'm like, ah, okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, money-wise, you could look at the money and go, maybe um, – in the bottom half of the hour, I'm going to bring Matt Rothschild in. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. We've been talking about money. That's money in politics. That's the who to go to. So we'll talk to Matt at the bottom half of the hour. All right, so we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Did you go to the polls yet? What do the polls look like? Is there a line outside? How many people are in line? You want to send me pictures, 608-785-7914. I'd take them. We might use them on the, on the website. If you get them really, if you get a nice, real creative one, and I don't mean like lewd creative, like 
get the American flag in there, your polling district number in there, all that stuff. 608-785-7914. If you're like me, you don't do your homework all that much. I I mean, the big races, yeah, but when you you get to the poll, you might see some of these other races on your ballot, and you're like, oh, shoot. And or or you just you just don't know, right? And and they might be the big races, but if you want to go, so this is this is one of those races where maybe maybe you didn't know that the Lacrosse County Sheriff was was a uh, up for election. Maybe you didn't even know that. I mean, you might. I could very well see somebody that goes like, "I'm a new registered voter. I heard that you know, women's rights." Is on the ballot and inflation's on the ballot. I need to go and you get your ballot and then it's uh, Fritz Leinfelder or John Siegel, and you're like, who? What? Do I vote for my sheriff? <laughs> I could definitely see that happening for for some of the some of the new voters or or anyone really. It's just it's a it's a weird thing to me that we vote for a sheriff, and then it's a weird for, thing for me that the sheriff is partisan because it just puts him in a position to take partisan lines. We have our sheriff now. Jeff Wolf has is endorsing. On party lines, he's got to endorse his party, right? Like he might think the other sheriff is is better suited for the job, or the other candidate is better suited for the job, but it's it's party politics. So you gotta you gotta endorse, right? And then and then when other candidates uh, running, like Van Orden, I think touts a lot of in the U.S. House race. Yeah, I think he touts a lot of the uh, sheriffs across the state that have endorsed him, and you know those are all Republican sheriffs. They might be, they might not all be, but you know, this is, this is how it works. Like I'm a sheriff. Now I'm going to, I'm going to endorse all the Republican candidates. Um, on the flip side, we've had, we had even a little bit of a scandal where John Siegel, the democratic candidate in the sheriff's race, it wasn't his fault, but Mandela Barnes had written John Siegel's name in an endorsement and John Siegel isn't endorsing anybody. He's just the investigative captain at the Lacrosse County Sheriff's Department. What I'm getting at is you might see these names on your ballot, and you're like, what? So when you go there, Lacrosse County Sheriff's on the ballot, well, you can go to wisdomnews.com, go to the little pull-down menu, hit elections, and you can read a bio from Fritz Leinfelder, from John Siegel. And you scroll down, and we ask him a bunch of questions. We ask them uh, police in the country have been under criticism following the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others, the hands of police, leading for calls of reform. What steps do you think should be taken to ensure police are held accountable for wrongdoing or inappropriate behavior? So we got Fritz's and Siegel's, Fritz Leinfelder and John Siegel's takes on that. Uh, there's been criticism of the Lacrosse County judicial system by those who think our judges are soft on crime. Do you think the courts are part of the problem by putting criminals back in the street? If so, what should be done about that? Actually, I'm missing a question mark in that question. My bad. Uh, and, yeah, so we got, the, we got their take. An interesting one was, um, is it possible to support Black Lives Matter and still back the badge in quotes? Back the badge, Black Lives Matter in quotes. How or why not? I guess why or why not? Um, pretty short answers there from the two candidates. But, you know, can you, can you be back the badge and Black Lives Matter at the same time? Uh, it has become increasingly difficult to attract candidates for law enforcement positions. Why do you think that is, and what should be done about it? So, yeah, there's uh, so we have that up there. I think that's probably pretty unique. I, I think we've done, the media has done a pretty good job of, of allowing these two to get the word out. I will say, uh, you know, you get outside the county and other sheriff's races, a little bit more difficult to figure out who's who. And then you go down the line and... On my ballot, I flipped the I flipped the page, and it was all judges. 
there's like 20 of them and they were all unopposed. It was funny because the, the, the poll worker there was like, Hey, make sure it's two sided. Make sure you go, you go vote for the other side. And I flipped it over and I'm like, okay, well, every one of these people, there's like 20 people on here and they're all unopposed. I'm not voting for any of them. Um, I was pretty disappointed I, and this wasn't news to me, but I was pretty disappointed in, in my district for the house, the Minnesota State House, so it's the Assembly of Wisconsin, the House in Minnesota, that my Republican official was running unopposed. And I wouldn't care so much, but there's no... there's So his name is Greg Davids, and he has zero social media. He doesn't have a website. I don't, if, you, if you called him up, I don't know if he'd get back to you, but he just has... He has no outlet for like information about him and he's running on a post. So why, Hey, why even put information about me? That could only hurt my position. Um, we've seen that strategy as well, but so, uh, it's just really annoying to see that when Democrats don't, and I told somebody this and they said, you should run for that position. Then I'm like, Nope, I'm not, it's not for me, but, uh, it was, it was a little bit strange to see and disappointing to see that nobody had run against him and, because of that, he doesn't have to put anything out there about what he's about. So, uh, what's your position on anything? So, I don't know. It was disappointing to see that we've seen that in Wisconsin with Robin Voss. Uh, we've talked about this before. Robin Voss, his opponent in the primary, so his Republican opponent, was Trump endorsed, right? Because Robin Voss didn't allow Trump to overturn the election in Wisconsin. And Robin Voss is the assembly speaker here, right? And you don't get to vote for Robin Voss, but it is interesting. And Republicans ran somebody that was Trump endorsed, and that guy lost. It was closer than it should have been when Robin Voss is the longest uh, longest assembly speaker in history of the state. But then when Robin Voss wins that, he's running unopposed in the Demo- against the Democrats. The Democrats, because the state's so gerrymandered, we'll get to this at the bottom half of the hour, but the state's so gerrymandered that Democrats don't even see a reason, and maybe that's why in my district as well, don't even see a reason to run somebody against the Robin Voss who's essentially the most powerful Democrat in, in the state in terms of, uh, in the assembly anyway, but so, so nobody runs against them. And there was probably an opportunity there if they would have just put a name on the ballot, got the signatures. I mean, maybe you don't even do anything beyond that. Don't even put any money in the race, but get a name on the ballot. Uh, when, when the, uh, the Trump guy falls off in the primary, well, well, hell, now you got maybe those those people that are mad at Robin Voss will just, in defiance, vote for the Democrat. God forbid, right? Um, but but see, that's just that's just where we're failing as a in a as a system when we don't run. And maybe these maybe these other elections, these judges and whatnot, maybe we should have we should have more people run against them. I don't I don't really understand uh, the court system and why why nobody. All right, we got to we got to. Texter texting from Nodine. Voter 18. Voter number 18 in Nodine. And she got an I voted sticker. I, I, if I'm asked about the I voted sticker, I say I'm good. I don't need the I voted sticker because to me it's just waste. It's just going to, it's either going to end up on somebody's shoe, it's going to end up on the sidewalk or in the garbage can in like four hours. So just, I just don't, you know, super liberal take there. I, I don't want the I voted sticker. 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, coming up, Matt Rothschild is the executive, uh, executive director of Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, and he's going to uh, talk about big money in politics a little bit. 
this governor's race is the most expensive in the history of the state. And, the, and no, it, the, the, the governor's race, hello phone. Uh, the governor's race is the most expensive in the United States, I believe, $114 million. The U.S. Senate race, which is oddly enough, maybe because of the maybe because of the Senate's fifty-fifty right now, but between Ron Johnson and Mandela Barnes, is more expensive than that. Two hundred million dollars. Two hundred million dollars. All right, we'll go to the phones. Caller, is this? Uh, hey, li- libertarian guy, go ahead. Yeah, that'd be me. Hey, Rick, I wanted to just kind of try to address just a couple of things uh, in regard to the referendum. And tie it into some things that Mitch was saying yesterday when I was listening to the show. Yeah. Um, first of all, there's several reasons why people are against this referendum. And I'm not going to try to summarize all those because there just isn't time. But one thing that's really important um, to people is having a neighborhood school. Neighborhood school is just important because it just makes it easier on parents. It makes it easier on kids. Kids can walk to school, that sort of thing. And uh, this plan does not support that. The other thing that I wanted to tie into Mitch is that Mitch was saying that affordable housing is important. And, of course, that's been an issue with, you know, trying to deal with the homeless um, population. And one of the factors that often doesn't get discussed, in fact, I don't know that it's been discussed at all, but this thing is $195 million dollars rounding. Yep. The school board is saying 80 is is admitting to $85 million just in interest alone. And of course interest hasn't been determined yet because interest rates are still rising so it's likely to be higher than that. Yeah, the I mean school for... board is also saying it's going to I'm trying to hurry here. They're, they're also saying that it's supposed to save $5 million. Well, if you add the cost of the project plus the interest and divide that by $5 million, you get 56 so that means 56 years have to go by before the savings offsets the cost of this project. And I don't think voters realize that, that that's, that's really just stupid math in a rising interest rate environment with inflation being the way it is, and then destroying the whole neighborhood school concept. So I really hope this thing gets voted down. And if they proceed with this consolidation, my best guess is that the school board is going to be um, recalled, and probably Dr. Engel will get fired. Well, they have so to do. We'll, they have to do we'll something. See we'll see. That, I mean, it's it's not. It's a fact for them that they have mm-hmm. to consolidate. So they have too many buildings. They have eighty-five sure. million dollars in building um, backlog, whatever they yep. updates that need to be done. Eighty-five million dollars, and you say the neighborhood schools are be gone. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say a caveat to that is neighborhood high schools will be, you know, consolidated to wherever. Mm-hmm. If it's the referendum, there would be the south side. But though Logan and Central would become middle schools at that point. Yeah. So yeah. there's, I mean, there's well, there's a difference there. But, you know, but they're going to sure. get rid of some buildings. So neighborhood schools will be gone, but they have too many buildings. Yeah. Well, and, and I get that, Rick. And part of what you're saying, I think, is legitimate. But I'm going to tie this into... Again, when I was listening to your show with the uh, superintendent of Onalaska, mm-hmm. they recognized that this is just too expensive, and so they went with the less costly option. And they're remodeling, basically down. They're they're basically adjusting what they need to do by having a much smaller referendum. So what I would say about Lacrosse is they need to work with what they have, and they they can they can make adjustments with the buildings that they have. When, when you're getting smaller numbers of people, you don't build a new building. You, you, you make the buildings that you have smaller. And that's hard to explain in a quick soundbite like this. But, 
yeah, when you've got uh, fewer students, you don't add on by, by building another building and buying another building and putting money down on a building before the survey results are, um, are even known. Yeah, it is. It is kind of well, kind of comical. The the school district has two minute buildings, and the solution for that is to build a new building. <laughs> right. I mean, if you right, want exactly. if you want the quick soundbite, there you it is. It. Right. <laughs> right. I hear you. Thanks for the call, libertarian guy. All right, I got to take a break. Brad's got it. Brad is going to do the news this time. I forgot to tell him that Sam could do the news, and when you heard Tim Michaels was in town, that was yesterday. Tim Michaels was in town yesterday. Uh, I think that was maybe his second visit. No, uh, I know he was here for the parade. He was in town on French Island yesterday. Did he talk about PIFAs? I wonder if he talked about PIFAs to those people on French Island that are, you know, drinking out of drinking bottled water now for well over a year and a half. We'll be back. Matt Rothschild at Wisconsin Democracy Campaign Money and Politics. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM. No time. We got no time for Pearl Jam, no time for rocking out. We can rock out with Jenny Dinkmeyer, though. She's the Lacrosse County Clerk. I got Matt Rothschild on hold. He's the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign Executive Director. Matt, hold tight. I gotta get the Lacrosse County Clerk on to tell us about voting, the polls. How's everything going, Jenny? Oh, it's going great today. The lines are steady or they're busy, which means we're going to have a good turnout. Um, we haven't had any problems. The voters seem upbeat. So that is definitely good with how contentious some of those things are going right now. We're glad that voters are coming out and they seem to be in a good mood and they're helping the poll workers enjoy their day. I don't know what you will and won't know when I, when I ask you this. And then if there are questions I'm not asking you, just tell me. But when do you expect the like results to come in? When do you expect to be done for the day, for the night? Yeah, it's going to be a late night. Uh, a lot of the polling places, because they have been busy all day, haven't had a time to process their absentee, so that likely won't happen until after the polls close and they get the last voters through. So some of the smaller municipalities may get their first results in probably by 9 o'clock. Um, I'm expecting a bulk of them to probably not be after probably 10 o'clock by the time we're able to get some of the bigger municipalities reported. Can you tell me, Can you do you have an idea of where turnout has been heavy? Um, it's been heavy all over. Even the smaller municipalities are said that they've had steady lines. Um, some of the municipalities are reporting they've had lines all day out the door. Um, so it's just it's great all over the county. We're not hearing any one polling place that's busier than others or any that are slow. It's just it's steady all over. How does that compare with uh, f- how about four years ago? Um, four years ago, we're probably on track to be somewhere near that. Um, I think we had about an 85% turnout of registered voters in 2018. So I wouldn't be shocked if we're not close to that same percent turnout. Okay, and then how about comparable to two years ago? <laughs> um, yeah, two years ago we had about an 88% turnout, so that was definitely higher, but that obviously was a presidential election which polls the most voters. Yep. Um, things are about different than 2020 because in 2020 the polls were actually slow on Election Day because most people already had voted with an absentee ballot. This right. time, people are actually going to the polls to vote, so it's a little bit more exciting where that you have voters actually show up on election day to vote. And I've I've just heard a lot of new registered voters. Do you have any idea? Is that true? And are you seeing that a lot of new registered voters? Yeah, I haven't talked to all the polling places, but I know the UWL campus one said they've had I think it was over 700 registered voters, which isn't unheard of for a campus. Um, some of the polling places that said they have a steady line of registering voters all day, so definitely. Um, a lot of new registered voters or voters that haven't voted recently coming back and, and casting a ballot today. All right, Jenny, did I did I not ask you something that you should get out? We should get out there. 
Yeah, just remember, myvote.wi.gov. Remember, polls are open, whether you're receiving texts or phone calls or people knocking on your door saying your poll is moved or the polls are closed. That's not true. We're open to 8 o'clock. Go on there. See what's on your ballot so you can be an educated voter when you go. There's a lot of referendum questions. There's candidates. Um, and then you can see where your polling place is and if you register to vote. So it's a very useful website. All right, Jenny, thank you so much. You bet. Have a good night. All right, that's Jenny Denkmeyer, the Lacrosse County Clerk. A little voting update. All right. Now, speaking of voting, Matt Rothschild, he's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. Uh, if you want to go check out the website, WISDC.org, or just, you know, Google Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. Matt, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for holding tight. Oh, my pleasure, Rick. I just want to echo what Ginny said. The polls are open till 8. You don't need to be pre-registered. You can do self uh, same-day registration. Just bring an ID, a driver's license, or a passport, and proof of residency, a, a utility bill, and if you pay on the phone, just bring your phone and show them that you paid, or a bank statement. And you can go right now and register to vote. Uh, find out where the polling place is at myvote.wi.gov. And, you know, this is the one day where, uh, where every person in Wisconsin has as much power and as loud a voice as the richest person in Wisconsin. So let's all use our, our power and our voice. That's, this this is one place where Wisconsin has held true on uh, the ability to allow people to vote, right? The, the same-day registration, a lot of states don't allow that, right? Yeah, it's a very good uh, option to have, same-day registration. Some states have it, some don't. But Wisconsin has been a, a leader in, in same-day voter registration and also in voter turnout. We're one of the you know, top three or four states in voter turnout every year. And so I'm excited to see the results this year. I think we're going to have a really big turnout. Uh, statewide. What what worries you about Wisconsin in terms of uh, allowing that turnout to be high and, and maybe curtailing that? Are, are there any, uh, you know, anything in place, anything new that, that just kind of helps keep that vote count low? Well, I think all the negative ads may have deterred <laughs> some people from going out to vote. I mean, uh, I'm sick and tired of every time I turn on one of my devices, seeing one of these hideous negative ads and I think the effort, uh, especially by the Republican Party and its slanderous attacks against Mandela Barnes, was to dampen turnout. Uh, I don't think it's succeeding from we heard what we heard from Ginny, especially on campus there at UW-Lacrosse. seems like turnout is really good. I'm hearing numbers from across the state from the Democratic Party of Wisconsin that young uh, turnout is, uh, you know, triple what it was before. I don't know where they're getting that number, but that's what I'm hearing, and also the turnout from... Uh, young women is super high, and turnout from African Americans and Latinos and Asian Americans is high. So, if all that's true, it'll be a good night for Democrats. But you don't know until the end. Well, turnout so high, them negative ads are working. They're pissing me off and getting me scared and making me run to the polls. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna lose this country, lose democracy, uh, all that stuff. Well, I mean, there's a reason why they spend all those millions on negative ads because they do work sometimes. And in the first few weeks of the senatorial campaign, all those racist ads against Mandela Barnes, making him out to be the most dangerous black man in Wisconsin. I mean, one ad uh, that was funded by a group called Truth Pack, which is a pack uh, that is funded by two of the richest Republicans in Wisconsin, Diane Hendricks uh, and Richard Eline. He's actually from Lake Forest, Illinois. They said, Mandela Barnes, he's different. Uh, he's dangerous. And then they had, they had a picture of him up with all sorts of rioting going on behind him. So, you know, what, it was not very subtle at all. Uh, it scared a lot of people, scared a lot of independents. The negatives 
for Mandela Barnes among independents doubled in just a matter of weeks. But I think uh, after a while, those got tiresome for people, and Mandela Barnes started to make a comeback. So it's exciting to see how close it is both with Mandela Barnes uh, in this uh, race against Ron Johnson and also in the governor's race, Evers versus Michaels. And, and to their credit, I mean, Mandela Barnes and Evers are doing well, even though nationally Democrats seem to be uh, in, in for a world of hurt tonight. I mean, the, the party that has the White House almost always loses in midterms. Uh, and here in Wisconsin, that's been true for decades. All right. And inflation is the number one issue, and that's been bad for Democrats. So the fact that Mandela Barnes and Tony Evers are neck and neck with their opponents today is a very good sign about how they've run their campaign. Okay, so you mentioned the Wisconsin Truth Pack, and it's funded by a couple of rich people, and they're running anti-Mandela Barnes ads as opposed to pro-Ron Johnson ads. Sometimes you hear these ads, and at the end they'll be like, this message is approved by Mandela Barnes or approved by Ron Johnson. Is And sometimes you don't hear that, and you say, this message is not affiliated, or I don't even know. Sometimes I, I, I'm to the point now where I don't listen to any of the ads. I'll hit mute. I'll literally get the remote and hit mute. Um, but we we allow this, right? Like if, if you and I wanted to chip in and, and run an ad that was pro- or let's go anti because it's funner, right? Anti-Ron Johnson. We wouldn't need Ron Johnson's approval to do that. We could just do that. Yeah, and you shouldn't get Ron Johnson's approval because he shouldn't be able to coordinate with you. But the, the radio station or the TV station has to run the ad by the candidate. Uh, they don't have to run the ads by these outside groups, and some of these outside groups have ridiculous names like, you know, Badgers for Cheddar Cheese or Badgers for Eternal Victory or whatever. And, you know, I'm making those names up, but yeah. there are these goofy names uh, that don't tell you anything about, you know, what the group is about or who's behind the group. And then there are the dark money groups that don't even tell you, uh, don't even disclose who their donors are because they're not using the magic words, you know, vote against Ron Johnson or vote for Ron Johnson, but they're telling you to dial his number at 202 whatever or 608 whatever. And then if, if they do it that subtly, which isn't so subtle, uh, they don't have to disclose who their donors are. And, and that's dark money. They're throwing mud behind a bush, and we never know who's paying for the mud. Uh, you you say, like, Badgers for Cheddar Cheese would be a ridiculous name, but I think the ridiculous name is Wisconsin Truth Pack. Like, like okay, well, if you have to call yourself the Wisconsin Truth Pack, then I feel like you're not always telling the truth. Yeah, and check this out. <laughs> the, the two funders, uh, Richard Eline and Diane Hendricks, uh, they got a tax benefit from a, uh, a tax break that Ron Johnson insisted in putting in legislation, a tax benefit to the tune of $200 million each. Uh, they got a tax break uh, from this uh, effort by Ron Johnson. And so now they're spending, what, $30 million to help them get reelected? What is that, just a, a tip, a gratuity? Yeah, that's Thank you, Note. Yeah, I don't. the The money is getting ridiculous in politics now. The Senate race is two hundred million dollars between Barnes and Johnson. Two hundred million dollars. Is it weird that the Senate race is more expensive than the Wisconsin governor's race, or is it because the Senate is fifty fifty right now and we're all in? Well, it, yeah, it's because uh, all politics in this country has become nationalized. Here in Wisconsin, you have people from all over the country, you know, writing checks to to Mandela Barnes or to those outside groups uh, that are funding Mandela Barnes or to Ron Johnson, for that matter. Uh, it's because the Senate race, the Senate, as you say, is, is so up for grabs. But even the governor's race right here, it's $114 million and counting, and that doesn't count a single penny from the dark money groups or some of this late-inning money that's been hitting our screens over the last few days. So that's an obscene amount. It smashed the old record. Uh, and 
you know, it's terrible. We have all this money coming from out of state. We have uh, unlimited uh, donations to political parties because the Republican Party in Wisconsin in 2015 passed a, a, a law that rewrote our campaign finance law. Uh, Walker signed it. It let super rich people give unlimited amounts to political parties. There used to be uh, a $10,000 limit. Uh, and now you can give unlimited amounts to political parties. And in fact, you can max out in your individual donation to a candidate and then just give a kajillion dollars to the political party, and that party will turn around and give it to your favorite candidate. So that makes a mockery of the limit at all. And let me give you a specific example. Tim Michaels has two brothers who maxed out in their donations to him, $20,000 each, and then they turned around and gave $1.5 million each to the Republican Party of Wisconsin that then turned around and gave $3 million to the Michaels campaign. So the idea that you're limiting what an individual can give to any particular candidate uh, is a joke right now. Yeah, it's like money laundering, but in the open, kind of. Yeah, yeah guess- it's not very subtle at all. It's quite crude. We're speaking with Matt Rothschild. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. All right, a texter texted in, as if Democrats didn't do negative ads, exclamation point, how much money did they get from out of state? So we're, we're talking like this is a Republican problem. This is not a Republican problem. This is a political problem. Yeah, I hate all the the big money and the dark money that's coming in, whether it's on the Democratic side or whether it's on the Republican side. I mean, there's some fancy doctors in California that are writing million-dollar checks to the Wisconsin Democratic Party. What business is it of theirs, you know, who we elect here in Wisconsin? That's ridiculous. So it's a bipartisan problem, and we got to elect people who are going to change our campaign finance law to fix this problem. Right, and and okay, so he's they're fair when they say Democrats are also doing negative ads and they're also getting money out of state, but... The Republicans, and you just said it, Republicans in 2015 changed the rules to allow anyone to donate as much money as they want to the state parties. So the Republican Party of Wisconsin, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin gets as much money as it wants from anywhere that it wants because Republicans changed the rules. Yeah, so Republicans aren't really in a position to complain about you know all that money coming from California to the Democratic Party of Wisconsin because, you know, that's the way they wrote the law. And some good government groups like Common Cause and the League of Women Voters and the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, where I work, were saying at the time, put a limit on how much individuals can give to the political parties. Otherwise, we're just going to be drowned in all this money coming from everywhere. And actually, you know, we're, we're, we're bubbling for, for air right now. Um, we have a we have a U.S. House race in the third third district here in Wisconsin. Brad Paff between Brad Paff and Derek Van Orden. Uh, the spending the the amount of money that they've brought in is 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 astronomically different. It's like seven million for Van Orden and like one or one and a half million for Paff. Um, like wh- where what do you feel about that discrepancy? Yeah, Van Orden has about a five million dollar advantage by my you know back of the envelope scrawls. Uh, part of the problem is that the Democrats pulled the plug. Uh, on on Brad Pfaff, the House Majority Pack, this is a national uh, Democratic Party uh, pack, had committed uh, $1.7 million in advertising for these last two weeks in the La Crosse area for Brad Pfaff, and then they pulled the plug on it and didn't spend any of that $1.7 million. So they hung Brad Pfaff out to dry. I feel real bad for Brad Pfaff. You know, he's trying as hard as he can in this one, uh, but uh, he didn't get the resources uh, that Van Orden did, and so a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times the candidate with a $5 million advantage is the candidate that wins. Um, how are you feeling about, so the, 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 we've, we've changed the district lines, and um, 
We didn't do it. Robin Voss did it. <laughs> Robin Voss did it. The lines are changed, I should say. Um, and the Supreme Court stepped in. Okay, uh, before before I forget, we, we're talking about all this money in politics. Do you have any predictions? Because we're going to we're gonna end tomorrow. Starting tomorrow, we're going to do a Wisconsin Supreme Court race. We're going to start getting texts and emails and ads about that. How, well, how, uh, do you have any predictions on how much money is going to be thrown into that? Because that will sway whether the Supreme Court is conservative or liberal. Yeah, I think it's going to be a ton of money. I haven't looked recently at what the most expensive Wisconsin Supreme Court race was, but I imagine this one will break it and we'll have a new record because, yeah, the political ideological balance of the court uh, is at stake in this April election that's coming up. I'm sure all your listeners are sick of this election and don't want to hear about another one, but there's another big one coming around the bend. Yeah, we're already getting uh, my a guy I do a show with on Friday is a political science professor. He says he's already getting uh, bombarded with with emails and stuff. Um, I got a text here. Even though Rothschild is a pure liberal, I agree about why the money is coming from other states or people. So that's Bob. He's texting. He's calling you a pure liberal. Pure. Well, I, you know, I uh, was the editor and publisher of the Progressive Magazine for uh, about three decades, so I will cop to that label. I'm a proud progressive here in Wisconsin, uh, but we are a nonprofit, the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. We don't endorse candidates. Uh, we don't tell people who not to vote for. We track and expose the money in politics on both sides of the aisle, and we campaign for campaign finance reform and banning gerrymandering and other ways to clean up our system. Um. All right, and you call yourself a progressive. I think liberal and progressive are different. Well, I mean, that's slicing the baloney pretty thin. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will uh, uh, call myself either. I think for most people in Wisconsin, they don't see a real distinction. I mean, my former boss at the progressive used to make a huge uh, fit about the difference between liberal and progressive, but at the end of the day, most people uh, can't see much difference between the two, so I gave up on trying to split the hairs. Well, you're definitely not a pure liberal because you're slicing bologna. Liberals don't eat bologna. You'd be slicing the avocado pretty thin or something <laughs> like that. Um, well, I try to relate to folks. All right, you you kind of messaged when I brought you on to begin with that the 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 Democrats are going to, like, historically the Democrats lose this election. And you said Evers and Mandela Barnes have been doing a good job of kind of like keeping the, at least the polling 50-50, you know, you don't, we don't know. So that's good for them. We know, we don't know if they're going to win or lose. Um, But the messaging that Democrats versus Republicans have had over, let's just go, what, six months over the past six months has been drastically different. Do you you think Democrats regret their messaging the way the, the way everything is now? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's been a, a messaging battle between, you know, abortion on the Democratic side and inflation on the Republican side. Inflation's the number one issue, so maybe Republicans are winning on that. The other two big issues, the Republicans were talking about crime with some really hideously racist ads against Mandela Barnes, uh, and the Democrats were talking about democracy, and I'm all for defending democracy uh, since I'm the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, and I've worked for democracy my whole life. Um, the question is, uh, are those issues getting the base out, or are they going to convince uh, people who are independent? And I'm not sure uh, on, I think the abortion issue may get a lot of young people out and a lot of young women out. Uh, the democracy issue, I actually talked to pollsters who broke my heart who said democracy isn't a good sell right now uh, because people it's too abstract. People can't relate to uh, it in, in their everyday lives as they can to, like, inflation. Or, uh, But one issue that I think uh, Mandela Barnes could have maybe made more noise about and started to later on was uh, Social Security because, of course, you have Ron Johnson who's saying, 
Social Security and Medicare should be on the chopping block every year. I mean, for people who are on Social Security or are close to it like me, I mean, we're depending on that. Yeah. And the idea that he's going to pull the rug out from under us is shocking. So I know President Obama, when he was in Milwaukee last weekend, uh, did talk that up uh, quite a lot at a rally. So I think, you know, they could have probably talked about that a little bit more. All right, that's Matt Rothschild. He's the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. Thanks a lot, Matt. My pleasure, Rick. Anytime. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks to Ginny Dinkmeyer for coming on real quick and Matt Rothschild. We'll be back tomorrow to get those results.